I am enough. I am enough. <laughs> you are enough. <laughs> Uh-oh, they heard the mantra. Oh, goodness gracious. Hello, everyone. I am Kimberly Adams, and welcome to Make Me Smart, where none of us is as smart as all of us, and we also try to make today make sense. All of those things together. <laughs> and I'm Amy Scott in today for Kai Rizdahl. Thanks to everyone for joining us on the YouTube live stream and on the podcast. And today is, of course, Economics on Tap. We're going to do the news fix and then play a game. Uh, but first, Kimberly, yes, what yes, are you drinking? Yes. Oh, I am having a lovely uh, black tea with mint right now. Um, mm. Just because I was in the mood for something warm and soothing. And I'm, you know me, I'm like ready for autumn. So I've got like... I'm ramping my warm weather, my cold weather, warm drink repertoire back up. And so I am having black tea with mint. Uh, let's see what folks are drinking in the Discord. Oh, everybody says hello, Amy, and that your closet is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a Still maker's old-fashioned with brown sugar that Michael is drinking. Uh, let's see. Liz is drinking a... Marg-like drink of reposado tequila, spiced up orange curacao. Is that how you say it, curacao? I think so. I think it's lime preceded by but curacao. I think that's right. Uh, preceded by some other things. Anyway, it's been that kind of day. You know what? It has. Like Amy and I were just talking about. Like everybody has had like a day. Um, Tequila neat in the YouTube chat that Sarah is drinking. I feel you. I Maker's approve. Mark Manhattan. Maybe that'll be my next drink. Yes. Ooh, a black Manhattan with Angel's Envy Ride. That sounds delicious. Yes. Mm. Yellow Rose Smash IPA in the Kai PA glass. Michael, love it. <laughs> nice. Oh, Debbie's, uh, Debbie's worried about be- me being negatively impacted by caffeine later in the day. Well, it's okay because since I missed my train this morning, I have to get on a train tonight. <laughs> so I need the oh, caffeine. No. <laughs> That's so nice of All Debbie, right. though, to be thinking of you yes. and your sleep. <laughs> Thank you for I've caring, I've got a cocktail Debbie. in a can myself, um, which, you know, I this is a a vodka soda it's blueberry it's shrub. It's your face. It's blocking oh, sorry. your face, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it gets into my mouth, Kimberly. <laughs> it has to block my face first. I'll put it fair, away soon. fair. Very fair. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, since you're the one who has the booze, I'll let you go f- first with the news fix. Okay. All right. Well, mine's kind of light today. Um, you know, there was a lot of big news this week, and I decided to go yeah. a little bit small news. Um, but it's kind of a changing uh, of the guard story. Um, the Phantom of the Opera is closing oh, I on Broadway. I totally thought this was about to be a royal story. <laughs> Yeah, I could see why you might think that I was going that way. Yeah, uh, okay. But no, the, the longest-running show on Broadway is closing. The New York Post first reported this, and then the Times confirmed that the last show will be in February. This is after 35 years. So I think it was 1987 it opened. It was the first show I ever saw on Broadway when I was, like, 15. I think it's, like, the and first honestly, show that I didn't most even like people have seen. <laughs> oh. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not a musical yeah. theater fan, so I don't want to. I don't want to like go there per se. But um, the cast, the crew, and the orchestra were told today, and apparently the Aww. show just hasn't done very well since coming back from the pandemic lockdown. 
the Post, the New York Post writer Johnny Oleksinski reported that Phantom's been losing about a million dollars a month. Um, and he also says that this is actually probably pretty good news for the owners of the Majestic Theater, which he calls the best oh, musical right. house on Broadway, because the theater's now finally anything. freed up for other shows, right? So, you know, he said the right show there could be grossing $3 million a week rather than the $1 million that Phantom is doing. Um and he also says, which I think is interesting, Broadway's second longest running show is the revival of Chicago, but that's only been mm. going 25 years. So it's going to be a while before anybody oh, catches up all? to Phantom. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I got. You know, I think that's a that's a great story. Um, it's I, w- I was listening. I had a reason to like listen to parts of that album the other day. I can't remember why, hmm. but it reminded me. I had forgotten how very 80s it is. Like, that (laughs) music is so, like, peak 80s synthesizers, rock opera type deal. Totally. The organ. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. dun, Yeah. Yeah. And that would just absolutely not resonate with, I think, a lot of the youths today. (laughs) And so, like... It was, you know, kind of like for grownups when we were kids. And then we watched it because, you know, they did. But, yeah, I, that's. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe like, there will be a comeback. Nothing wrong with the 80s. Someday. <laughs> nothing wrong with the yes. 80s. No. Except maybe uh, some of the music. <laughs> and the shoulder pads. Do you remember? I think we can do it oh, without gosh. the shoulder pads. No, I think the shoulder pads uh, are back now in certain circumstances. Yes? Uh, well, maybe for the youths. <laughs> <laughs> the youths. <laughs> Not for this middle-aged lady. All right, what okay. you got, Kimberly? Okay. Uh, I have another fun story. Like you said, it's been kind of a rough week. And so I also did my, oh, some, someone complimented me on my nails and lipstick. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted something fun today and was gifted this by the Washington Post this morning where they have this wonderful story where one of their reporters in Chicago attempted to recreate the day from Ferris Bueller's day off, right? No. And they oh went gosh. to speaking of all the 80s. Of the div- yes, speaking of the 80s, they went to all the different spots. They went like to the museum, they went to the Cubs game. They literally ended up riding on a float in the same parade that Ferris Bueller <laughs> was in a float on in the movie. And so she talks about yeah, and People were shouting, like, save Ferris and all these things because they dressed up in costumes. And they kept running into other people who were dressed like the three characters at these different spots because I guess this is a thing people do. <laughs> anyway, wow. it's a no lot of idea. fun. There are photos and it, you know, makes me want to go to Chicago almost. And as a St. Louisan, that's, you know, that's something. Best assignment ever. I know, right? <laughs> it was so much fun. I'm wondering if my kids are old enough to watch Ferris Bueller yet. I don't remember how much adult content is in there, but it was so it was so crucial for my childhood that I would love for them to see it. Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched yeah. it, so I don't I feel really like there remember. might be an F bomb or something. Bueller. <laughs> 
I'm I'm sure that they've heard it by now, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just this morning. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's great. Uh, let's see. Everybody else loves Ferris Bueller. Wonderful. Okay. Now it's time for a game. There we go. Did I miss my? It was cue? your line, Probably. Amy. I was trying to like give you space for Turn it. Turn the page, Amy. <laughs> Turn the page. Okay, well, this is Half Full, Half Empty, the game hosted by the one, the only, Drew Jostad. And Drew, you are up. Hey, everybody. Are you half full or half empty on buying a smartphone that doubles as a satellite phone? Mm. I love your face, Amy. We did this story on tech. Uh, Apple's Ah. new iPhones have this feature to allow them to connect to satellites to send messages in an emergency. And, you know, satellite phones have been around for decades, but they've been like big and clunky or a separate device. And a lot of the satellite phones now are a bit smaller, but still it's like, are you going to pay for a separate device and then the monthly fees and everything like that? And so Apple is now... You know, it's got, it's like an SOS feature, basically, where if you're stuck out in the wilderness somewhere and you need to alert for help. Um, but there have been other companies that have, you know, launched satellites to try to just give regular cell service. But hopping over this barrier between getting your regular cell phones to connect to satellites is a thing that has people have been working on for a while. So Apple is starting to roll out some infrastructure there. I am going to go half full on this. I actually can imagine a future where satellite connectivity for phones is a lot more common than it is. The expert we talked to on tech said it's never going to fully replace like cellular networks. But, you know, sure. Yeah, I would say I'm half full, too. Um I have, uh, you know, been on the receiving end of sat phone calls, and it's a little awkward. There's a delay. You have to, like, stop and wait, kind of like on the Comrex, Kimberly. We we know how this works. But um, my husband is a, a landscape photographer, and he goes to a lot of remote places. And so mm. if it were easier for him to call me on those trips, I, I'm in favor. Um I'm sure it's expensive, and, you know, there's the whole issue of how many satellites are we going to have in our night skies, you know. But... Uh, I think the, well, I think the this is gonna ability be free, to communicate is a plus. I think it's going to be free, but only for, like, emergency messages, not for, like, phone calls. But, you know, maybe one day. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. What's next, Drew? Half full or half empty on utilities avoiding grid failures with cell phone alerts. This is, Say this more. Is like, I mean, I'm. I'm. Half I can. Full I can tell on you this one. Idea. This is like oh, all tech. Just get going. I love this. Thank you, Drew, uh, and the wonderful other people who pick the half full, half half empty topics. So during this California heat wave, um, they basically yep. pushed out this text alert saying, "You know, we're at peak capacity. Please turn off your stuff, or we're going to have some blackouts." And people did it, and usage dropped in a major way, uh, and they didn't have to have blackouts at that particular juncture. And so this is sort of being added to the toolbox of ways to try to prevent the grid from, you know, failing or or them having to schedule blackouts or whatever. But 
I'm gonna go half empty actually on this because um, just like Margie says in the YouTube chat, it helped this time, but this can't be the solution. And I feel mm. like this is one of those things where people will become desensitized to it if it happens a lot. And so, yeah. Nah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to go half full because just because I think that um, if people if people respond, you know, that's great. But obviously it can't be the only solution to fixing the grid. There are way more problems than that. Um, but I think, you know, I, when, when I get an official alert of some kind, I tend to respond. And, uh, you know, so it's a little different than, than some of the other noise that comes across our phones, shall we say. Yeah. I mean, like, I definitely respond if it's an amber alert or something like that. And I'll, like, start scanning yeah, all the yeah. cars around and things like that. But send me a tornado warning and I'll laugh in Midwesterner, you know? <laughs> and it's like... Oh, my gosh. You are... <laughs> yeah. I, I go straight for the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking that chance. Uh, Chuck All right, in the Drew, what's next? saying this may work in California, oh. but in Texas, they'll just turn down their thermostats to get in before the rush. <laughs> ah, interesting. Not all states respond the same way. Next up, uh. half full or half empty on points-based attendance policies. I'm guessing this one's Why are you anyway. not asking me anything I know this week? This is really oh. funny. <laughs> <laughs> As Kimberly said, I'm I've not been picking listening the topics. to the show. <laughs> right, what's points-based attendance? Are you talking about school? Uh, no, this is for uh, workplaces. This was one of the main sticking points in the railway negotiations. Ah. That you basically have a certain number of points that you either... Some businesses do it where you lose a point when you miss a day, and some people do it where you gain a point when you miss a day. But the... Upshot is when you get to a certain level, there's disciplinary action, um, and that some people were basically Ooh. having to forego funerals and things like that because they didn't have enough points. They didn't have enough points. Ooh. Gosh, uh, I'm gonna go half empty. This does not seem like just based on that one example that you gave. It seems bad. Uh, I'll I'd, I'd have to look into it more, but I'm I'm leaning towards half empty. Yeah, I would say uh, same. Anything that's like nickel and diming in the workplace is pretty bad for morale. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I know you got to clock your hours and get, you know, but I think that can be that people can feel pretty, um, pretty widgety <laughs> when you treat them that way. <laughs> <laughs> or they just quit. <laughs> yeah, or they quit. Right. In this job market? Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. Uh... All right. Okay, Drew, what's next? Are you familiar with Kourtney Kardashian's new fashion line? <laughs> next no. in Stump the Host. <laughs> next. No. <laughs> I'm just going to no. default to empty. <laughs> just default. Apparently there was There's, a Yeah, Kardashian launch, was mentioned. Empty. Yeah, with a company called Boohoo, which is the first I'm hearing from them, uh, that's supposedly <laughs> a more sustainable fashion line from Kourtney Kardashian, but the launch did not go well. 
Well, sustainable, I, sustainable is good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but I have to, I have to abstain from this particular question. I just don't know. I don't care. <laughs> so next. <laughs> Seems like that topic was specifically calibrated to have none of us care. All right. <laughs> Maybe they were hoping for something sarcastic. Yeah. Um, okay. There's a trend of younger people using TikTok as their primary search engine. Are you half ooh, ooh, full? I know this one. I know or half this one. empty. Go, Amy. Um, well, I don't really uh, have, care again, but um, I think it's interesting that that young people are finding ways around Google's, you know, dominance. Um, I think, you know, all apps should be easily searchable because we do learn a lot from interacting with them. And, you know, I do. I try, Trying to find a tweet that I saw that I, you know, wanted to go back and, and check out, it, it can be impossible. So I'd love to know how they're searching TikTok um, and how effective it is. But I think it's cool that they're using their information sources in creative ways. Uh, I'm going to, I'm really torn on this one because on the one hand, I love the idea of getting information from lots of different places and the news being presented to people in the way that they like to consume it. And so if you're on TikTok and TikTok anyway, you know, get news in that way. But the, opportunities there for missing disinformation and the lack of vetting and how are you like verifying that this stuff is true <laughs> makes me worried. So yeah. I'm just going to go half. If you're searching for like how to make chocolate chip cookies, it's probably pretty, pretty safe, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know what, I want to know what Drew thinks of this one. Drew, what do you think? Oh, me too. That one. I already hit the button, man. That's okay. <laughs> we can we can do anything. You can still have an opinion. Well, I have seen plenty of videos of people breaking down how such and such viral TikTok is complete garbage. Like it's basically <laughs> staged for hits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically staged to go viral. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what you said made a lot of sense about not not necessarily thinking though that Google is like much better though. So, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, there's also check your sources, right? There are other options, lots of them. All right, that is all we have for today. I'm glad we kept it light for once. And Kai and I will be back on Monday. So if you have questions that you want us to answer for what do you want to know Wednesday in particular, we're starting to, you know, run out of questions, y'all. You got to write in. Expand your minds. Tell us what you want to know, especially if they are economy, business, or tech-related. You can send those our way. And our email is makemesmart at marketplace.org. You can also leave us a voice message. We're at 508-827-6278. That's 508-letter-B, letter-U, S-M-A-R-T, smart. Letter-U, letter-B. Did I not say that? happens and that's the glories of (laughs) post-production make me smart is produced by marissa cabrera today's episode was engineered by drew jostad and also i guess (laughs) fact-checked the senior producer bridget bodner (laughs) 
The team behind the YouTube live stream and our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune with theme music written by Drew Jostad. The director of On Demand is Donna Tam. Drew, everyone wants to know if you're on TikTok, which you must be if you know about all these things, but will you share your handle? Yeah. Strategic silence. (laughs) I'm going to Google that one. No, you have to search for it on TikTok. (laughs) No, I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) 